Exodus 20, uh, they're both, uh, and our second is from Deuteronomy 5, they're both uh, taken from uh, the, the law, the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're going to be looking at Sabbath, uh, Sabbath rest this morning, so uh, Exodus 20, page 78, uh, the Church Bibles. <laughs> I remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work. But on the seventh day, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner res- residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Can you see? Oh, sorry. Very good. Uh, I'm going to read the, the uh, second uh, one as well, which is on page 184 from Deuteronomy 5. Uh, it's quite similar. But there are some particular differences. Uh, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest, but you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Flourish in your world. Um, thank you that um, you've given us this um, Sabbath day. Um, and I pray that as we think about all that it means, uh, both this week, um, a bit tonight, and next week as well, um, that you'd really help us to, to know how to enjoy this wonderful gift that you've given to us. Uh, and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we'll do turn back to the Exodus passage. Um, if you can, have that open in front of you. We'll look there first. So Exodus 20, page uh, 78. Uh, and my, my hunch is, if you think or hear about Sabbath, um, and in the context of, of work, it might generate all sorts of uh, different feelings um, for you. Uh, it's certainly um, something that's quite a, uh, as you read about it, it's quite a contentious um, issue. Lots of different opinions out there. And in some ways, the, the hard thing about um, doing a talk like this is giving justice to everything that you could say. Um, about Sabbath and what it means. And uh, so let me say, if I don't get to your question, sorry about that, I'm happy to chat about that afterwards. But hopefully over the next, um, next couple of Sundays, uh, we'll get the sort of the big picture of this, this gift that, that God has given to us. Uh, but certainly some of you might have quite negative associations with the idea of Sabbath. For some of you, it might just be all about restriction. Uh, what I can't do. Uh, maybe come from a, a particular church tradition uh, where the idea of Sabbath keeping um, was yeah, something about restrictive 
um, not being able to, to do this or that. Some of you might not even have thought about it. You know about the word Sabbath, uh, but that's as much as it means to you. It's about a day off, perhaps, but there's no more sort of significance to it than that. Well, literally, the word uh, Sabbath means to cease or to desist or rest. Uh, it's a, um, yeah, it just means rest. And I guess the idea of rest Well, that's something that we can all uh, get on board with, I suspect. Ceasing from labours, we we like the sound of that. But what is rest? And what is godly rest? And we've thought about work over the last uh, few weeks. We've thought about um, uh, how the Bible talks about our work. We've thought a little bit about this thing called the Protestant work ethic, which sort of came out of the, um, the Reformation, where the the church um, had got it wrong about work. And there was this real pushback to see work as sacred and having dignity in in all of life. But what about a rest ethic? Certainly the Protestant work ethic has led to perhaps overwork. So how should we think about our rest? What role does it play in our lives? And particularly, I want us to think this evening, how does it work on a Sunday when Sunday feels quite busy, far from what we might describe as restful. Well, simply this morning, rest in the Bible, um, broadly speaking, I think is about two things. It's about learning to enjoy the God who made us uh, and depend on him and learning to enjoy the God who's freed us. So first then, Sabbath is about enjoying the God who completes his work. Sabbath is about enjoying the God who completes his work. Work has dignity and purpose. We've seen that because God works and he made us to work. Uh, He made the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. But we've got to notice something about the Genesis account. As much as um, work has dignity and worth because God made us and made us to work, so rest has dignity because God rests. Uh, Just briefly, flick back to Genesis chapter 2. Let's see it here in uh, in the creation story. Some of you will be very familiar with these words. In fact, we read them in our first, uh, first talk a few Sundays ago. Uh, but just look down at Genesis chapter 2 uh, and verse, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God works, but also God rests from his work. Now what is that rest in Genesis chapter 2? Well, it's not that God needs to put his feet up because they're sore, is it? Uh, It's not that he's exhausted from his work and and needs some time to himself just to recharge the batteries. 
Now, the God of the Bible is sufficient in and of himself. Psalm 121 says, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So this rest here is not, um, yeah, feet in water resting kind of glass of wine and all the rest of it. It's not that kind of rest. Now, the text says that it's rest because he's completed his work. He's not resting because his feet are killing him. He's, he's rested because he's finished. He's finished the work of creation. He's enjoying the very good creation that he has made. And then the text says that he declares this day holy, a set-apart day. And notice in the text that this day doesn't end. There's not evening or morning the seventh day. It's just the resting day, the holy day, the, the day the creation was finished. So there's this special seventh day, this day where God has finished and he rests from all his work of creation. Now, it doesn't mean that God rests from all his work because he has to sustain everything and continues to sustain everything. But he's finished his work of creation, he's completed his work, and so he rests. But he also gives that day of rest to his creation. He sets apart this day, this seventh day, and makes it holy. So as God gave humanity marriage and work and procreation and the cultural mandate, so he's also given Sabbath. And I think we know that, don't we? Instinctively, we know that we're not made to keep working endlessly, but we need to rest. God has built in this cycle of work and rest into the created order. In fact, as you read through the Bible um, and find the places where it talks about Sabbath, overwhelmingly, Sabbath is where it's discussed is about resting from our labours and encouraging and helping others in our charge to rest from their labours. God's made us uh, and given us this gift of rest. God rests from his work to enjoy what he has made. To, he has completed his work. And therefore, I think, in something in the Sabbath, the reason that we're to, to Sabbath or to rest in this way is, is a call to us to take comfort from the fact that God always completes his work. That there's nothing that he leaves undone or unfinished. I sometimes find, sort of find it helpful to I sometimes think of life as like, you know, when you're on the internet and you have multiple tabs open on your, your browser or whatever it is, things that you've got to get to. Life feels like there's just so many tabs open that you can't close and, and finish with. But God's got no tabs open. There's no work that's undone. No work that he won't finish and complete in the end. And I think he gives us the Sabbath day for us to enjoy that he's the God who completes things. To enjoy him as the creator. Certainly, just flick to Exodus chapter 20. In the, in the Ten Commandments, that seems to be the logic of, as Moses gives us in the Ten Commandments in, this, in, this, in the Exodus story. So page 78, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, here it is, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. God commands his people to be resting one day a week because that's what the Lord does and did. And he set apart the day as holy. You see, for the first readers of Exodus, as Moses writes this down or as he's teaching it before he writes it down, they lived in a a world of work, didn't they? The story of the people of Israel is a, is a people who were enslaved in Egypt, who you read the first few chapters, who were, had harsh taskmasters and were to work 24-7 without rest. They're to keep working, working harder and harder and harder, making more and more. That was the nature of their, their, their oppression. And so as the Lord rescues them from slavery and starts to form them into his own people, he says, look, you're not to be like the Egyptians. I'm not a harsh taskmaster. I'm not like Pharaoh. So you're to work six days and rest from your labours. That's who you're to be as my people. So they're commanded to stop working, to be distinct from the nations around them. This is how they're to be. And it's worth us noting that, because I think we sort of miss this in our certain church circles. Here's Here's a command to rest. Like, don't murder, so take a day off. It's of that level of significance. To cease from their labours. See, people, uh, humanity and God's creation, they're made to work. It's a good gift, it's got dignity and worth, but they're not made to work in and of itself. Work is not to be the worship. They're to worship God. And so, here's a way to make sure you don't worship work. Stop working. One day a week. See that played out in earlier chapters in Genesis. When you think about the gathering of the manna in the wilderness. They're to go out every day, gather what they need. And on the sixth day, they're to gather twice as much as they need for the seventh day. And they're not to gather on the seventh day. They're to trust God that he will supply what they need as the Lord who keeps them. And if they do gather on the Sabbath, which they try to do, they find that the manna goes mouldy and is not good for them. Don't be like Pharaoh, says Moses. You're to rest. Now, wonderfully, in our culture, we have this pattern, by and large, of work and rest. And that's really because of the influence that Christianity has had on our culture for the last few hundred years. It's not necessarily true of other cultures where rest is built into the fabric of the working pattern. Though I think that's changing as we drift away from the Christian worldview. So our work-rest relationship is becoming confused as well. But God's good design for you for his humanity, is that you rest. And therefore it's good for you to rest. 
a time given to us by God to enjoy that he's the God who completes things, that we're dependent on him, that our survival uh, in his world, uh, our security in his world is not down to our working, but on him who gives us what we need. That rest is to be a holy day, it's to be a set-apart day, it's to be a day that's different from the other days, where we remember that he's the God who completes things. Now, it's at this point, I guess, that things start to get a bit contentious, uh, because Christians disagree on what that means, what it means to keep this day holy and distinct what rest from our labours mean in practice. So for my dad growing up, as he did um, in a generation before me, um, I asked him about him this week and what it was like for him, and he said, well, basically in his house, Sunday was a day to be as quiet as possible. So he wasn't allowed to go out and play football on the street with his mates. Uh, he wasn't they were allowed to watch TV randomly, but other things they, they just weren't allowed to do. It was church and be quiet. And part of that, maybe some of you have grown up like that, part of that comes from Isaiah 58, where the Lord describes um, and condemns the people doing your pleasure or seeking your own pleasure on the Sabbath. Uh, and that's kind of been extended by some Christians to say we can't do anything. We've got to restrict everything, even, even our pleasures. I think the problem with that, though, is that Isaiah, if you read the text carefully in Isaiah 58, it's not pleasure per se that's being condemned, but the selfish pursuit of pleasure. The pursuit of selfish pleasure in Isaiah 58 seems to be evidence that you disregard the Lord. And I think that's where it challenges us and our view of rest, that idea, because certainly in our culture we have this idea of rest is me time, time away from my responsibilities. I can only really rest if I'm on my own in some zen-like, serene kind of experience. So the kids are out of the house and I'm on my own, I've got no responsibility, but... Um, I think that's what Isaiah is condemning, that this selfish pleasure, that rest has to be all about me and, how, and the rest I'm getting. So there's one idea of Sabbath, is restrict, restrict, restrict on what you do so that you can rest. Uh, other Christians, uh, probably more closely tied to our own sort of church uh, circles, would say that, well, Jesus says that he is the true Sabbath rest, which he does, and we'll think about that in a minute. Uh, And therefore, we no longer need to keep the Sabbath. There is no special day any longer. Do you not notice in Genesis 2 that the Sabbath day doesn't really end? Well, that's because it's all about relationship with Jesus. And as we come to Jesus, so we rest forever in him. So we no longer see a seventh day as particularly holy or special. Now, while church is a good thing to do on a Sunday, and being with God's people is a good thing to do, it's not Sabbath-keeping anymore. Sabbath, to keep the Sabbath, is to come to Jesus. Now, we'll think about that next week, if you've got questions about that. The problem is with, part of the problem with that is that in the Bible you read, you see God's people gathering on the Sabbath, or in the New Testament, on the Lord's Day, 
And it looks like it is a day for worship and for feasting and celebrating. It's a joyful celebration of the Lord's goodness to his people. And certainly for us, as we wait for the Lord Jesus' return and for the future forever Sabbath that's coming, the the rest that is alluded to in Psalm 95 that we read earlier and comes up in Hebrews 3, it seems appropriate for Christians to give a day to remember that we're not yet really Sabbathing as we're going to one day. As I said, more more next week on that. So I think the Bible, God's good gift to us to enjoy him as the God who completes things, a, a, a separate day for us to enjoy. Work is not to be worshipped, and so we're to Sabbath, we're to, to rest from our labours. Now that creates questions uh, that we'll need to think through. Uh, you'll have to think through this individually uh, as your conscious conscience sort of allows you to. Questions like, those of us with children, should we allow our children to play sport on a Sunday? To miss church? What time should we meet on church on Sunday? What, what does that look like for us? Should we go to restaurants and enjoy feasting in restaurants on a Sunday where it means that other people should work? Those are all questions that you can have fun discussing about if you want to. Then I guess a different question that we need to puzzle out is, if we're called to rest and enjoy God's good creation, then why does Sunday feel busy? How are we to square that with the idea of ceasing from our labours? Well, we have to come tonight if you want to think more about that. But for this morning, would you see that Sabbath, firstly, is a gift from God in his creation. It's a good gift that he's given to us, that we might tune our hearts to worship him, to recognise that we're dependent on him, that we're made to trust and delight in him, to depend on him as the God who completes things. So Sabbath is about enjoying the God who completes his work. But secondly, Sabbath is about enjoying the God who frees his people. Uh, Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5, where Moses gives the Ten Commandments again. But hopefully you notice there's a slight difference to the reasoning for the commandment uh, here. So in this second publication of the Ten Commandments, uh, listen to the commandment again and see if you can spot, spot the difference. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. 
You spot the difference? It's not creation anymore, is it? Because the Lord stopped working, so you shall work. It's because the Lord brought you out of the out of slavery with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. See, as the people in Deuteronomy, as Moses um, teaches them about who they are to be as they head into the promised land, how they're to be distinct from the nations around them, here's what a kind, this is the kind of nation that they're to be. God says that you're to be different from the nations around you, and particularly you're to be different from Egypt, who enslaved you. So here the Sabbath is about remembering that they've been rescued from that slavery. They've been redeemed. They've been set free. And so they're to be a people who live as a free people, free from slavery. And they're people that they have authority over, so they're slaves or servants, even their animals, they're to treat them in the same. They're not to treat them as though they own them. They're to give them rest as well. See, Sabbath is about enjoying the freedom that the Lord had won for them. See, the Lord says to them, look, your story, people of Israel, is of, a, is of being a, an enslaved people who were set free. And you're to rehearse that story as you rest from your labours once a week. Uh, indeed, probably extending that into the various other feasts and Sabbath days that, and um, like Jubilee and all the rest of it that come out in the law later on. Now, if that was true for God's people back then, how much more should it be true for us who live on this side of the finished work of Jesus? Now, we're going to look closely at these words of Jesus next week, but here they are. As, a, as an intro, from Matthew 11, listen to what Jesus says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you Sabbath as you come to me. Now we're going to think about that deeper rest that comes from Jesus next week. But just for now, notice that Jesus says here that as you come to him, he gives you the true Sabbath, the true rest from your burdens. The people of Israel were given a day to remember that they were no longer slaves but free people. Now our story is not a story of an enslaved people who have been set free. That's not our story. But we are a people who've been set free from slavery to sin and the idols that oppress us. And so I think one way we apply Deuteronomy 5 today in our situation is by using this day of rest that the Lord gives us to celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus. And this is where it becomes wonderful. Because as you all sit here and I sit, stand here burdened by all sorts of things, the job of the Sabbath day and the formal part of church, I guess, to some, particularly is to remember that we rest in Jesus. 
rest from the burden of guilt for the wrong that we've done this week because we come to Jesus and enjoy the forgiveness that he's won for us through his death and resurrection. We come from feeling like a failure and rest in Jesus because we see in Jesus that God turns the greatest act of evil in human history into something, into the best thing that ever happened. Failures are not the end of the story for those who are in Jesus. We come resting from how to fix the world's problems, overwhelmed by the injustices that we see all around us. Because resting in Jesus, we trust in the God who will complete things, who will finish the work of bringing justice to the world. Rest from having to prove ourselves, because we're so concerned through the week of what other people think of us. As we come to Jesus, we see, well, it's only his eyes that matter, and he loves me. He's made me his. Free to... Rest. See, the rest Israel remembered as they celebrated freedom from slavery in Egypt, it was always about the true rest that was to be found in knowing Jesus. And so for us, our Sabbath is about remembering and enjoying the God who, has, who really has freed us. And I think that's why church is really important on Sabbath. Gathering with God's people. Because we can only really rest well in Jesus as we rest together in him. As we see each other's stories of people burdened by all sorts of things coming to Jesus for rest. Sabbath's about enjoying the God who frees his people. Now, of course, there are things that we will continue to struggle with. I'm not saying that just coming to church is, you know, will leave zen-like and serene. But here's the rhythm of the week. As we gather with God's people to remember and rest in all that Jesus has achieved for us. Sabbath's about remembering and enjoying the God who frees his people. And we'll see next week about, also about remembering that he will ultimately free us in the forever Sabbath that's coming. So rest, enjoying the God who frees his people. See, that kind of rest is not, well, salvation is not me and my rest, but it is us and the rest that Jesus is inviting us to be a part of. I think this is important, just as a side note, because I think we can sometimes think of rest as freedom from responsibility or uninterrupted me time. So I'm going to cut short my time with God's people so I can get my me time, so I can rest. I think that's really unhelpful. Because rest is this celebrating in a community of the God who has freed us. So as we rest, as we Sabbath and enjoy, we have opportunity to encourage each other to rest. So for Adam, in the garden, in Genesis 2, 
there was a Sabbath day, a, a kind of sanctuary in time for him to remember the God who completes things. And God has given us a sanctuary in time. So as we close, here's the question. Do our lives show that we worship the God who gives sanctuary in time? The God who stops and revels in the completed work that he does. Do our lives show that we worship a God who completes the things that he starts? That we're safe with him? Do our lives show, do the pattern, pattern of our lives show a God who's freed us from slavery? Who invites us to rest from all our striving? Who says, stop worrying about your achievements, your failures, the injustices of the world, what people think of you, and rest. Or a slightly different question. Is your life too full that you're not able to really Sabbath at all? There's a really helpful book that I don't agree with everything in it, but if you want to read it, you can. Um, it's called uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by a lady called Razir Busfield. Really interesting book, lots of excellent stuff in there. But one thing that she, one story she does tell is that they, as a family, realised that the way that they lived, the pattern of their life, didn't, uh, they were too tired to rest well. And what she meant by that was that there was someone in their church who was struggling with loneliness. Uh, and they realised as a family that they were so busy taking their kids through the week to every activity they wanted to do that there was no time for them to be with this person struggling with loneliness. And so they decided as a family they would stop two or three things that they did in the week so they could open up their home to serve others. It's a really helpful way of thinking about Sabbathing. She puts it like this, we need your rest. We need you to Sabbath well so that we can enjoy the rest of the gospel together. See, resting in Jesus doesn't mean sereneness. It doesn't mean a worry-free life. It doesn't mean freedom from responsibility. I'm tired, so I'm having me time and I'm not going to do the things I'm responsible for. That's not what rest is. Think of Jesus. He was the perfect man. Had all the power and was completely in control of everything. And yet, what do you see him doing in the Gospels? He gets tired. He feels anger. Uh, he even gets anxious in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even when tired, we're told, and weary, and looking for rest, the crowd comes. And he allows himself to be interrupted so that he might minister to them. So resting in Jesus isn't freedom from all my responsibilities. Now that might just be a Christianized selfishness. Now Sabbath is the day that we enjoy the God who completes things. It's the day that together we enjoy the God who frees his people. Now there are loads of Loads of things we need to talk about, potential questions. But what does it mean, at least, <laughs> for today? 
Well, firstly, it means if you can't make it this evening to think more about this stuff, I'd love you to come this evening to think about the details of what this might mean for us on a Sunday. But that said, here's what I think it means. If you're able, and for some I'm acutely aware that this is not possible, uh, would you protect your Sunday as a day to enjoy and celebrate the God who completes things? And join with his people to enjoy the God who frees us from slavery. Now for some of you that will be really difficult to do. I get that. Maybe your paid work means that you can't protect Sunday. Uh, Maybe you're caring for a sick relative. uh, Which means that you just can't be here sometimes. That's absolutely fine. Please don't feel... In fact, if you ever feel burdened by that idea, read Colossians 2 and... Enjoy the freedom from having to keep Sabbaths. (laughs) But as far as you're able, would you protect a day to remember with us the God who completes things and the God who frees us from slavery? And if you are someone who's burdened by work and not able to take time to do that, would you let us know how we can share that burden with you? Because that's what we're called to do as well. Sabbath is a gift from God to enjoy him. To enjoy the fact that he completes his work. And enjoy that he rescues his people from slavery. Let's pray.